All right, guys. Woo! Nice. I'm like wicked sweaty right now. Like, oh man, I don't know if you guys are. I'm just like sweaty boy right here. Um, I'm going to invite up our speakers for tonight. We have Emma Collard. Come on up. And Judah Bondi as well. Nice. Wow, you guys are loud. I'm just going to probe you guys tonight um, as you speak. So let's all just close our eyes. And if you want, let's stretch our hand towards the people who are speaking tonight. God, we thank you so much for Judah and Emma tonight, Lord. We ask that you would speak through them, God, confidently, God, clearly, Lord. We believe that you have something super valuable to say through them, God, and we are looking so forward to hearing from you and from them tonight, Lord. We ask that you give them peace of mind, God, as they speak tonight, Lord, and we ask that together we all would have an attentive ear to hear what you want to say tonight, Lord. And um, God, we give you all the glory tonight, and we thank you for these two willing hearts, God, who are ready to speak what you want to say to us tonight, God. We're so thankful for that. In my pray, amen. amen. All right, Emma, kick us off. Thank you. Got to get set up first. How was the worship? Good? Okay, so. Hi, guys. I'm Emma, as Nathan said. <laughs> Hi. Um, I'm one of your impact leaders here, and you can usually find me behind snack counter if you want to come and meet me. I haven't met you all yet, so um, I did SLI last year, which is a year to grow in your relationship with, with God and grow in your faith with God, um, and, and then I have pretty much been at this church since I was born. I went to KCA um, up to grade eight all the years, and then my dad started a high school, and I went to his school, DCSS. For, um, grades 9 to 12. My life has been full of exposure to God, who he is, who he says I am. And um, I've been at many, many church services over the years growing up. Um, and I think that all of that time has just set me up for so much to come from God. I wouldn't go back and change that part of my life. I think it's so valuable to have his truths in your mind and in your heart as you're growing up, even if you don't realize what they are yet, but they're just being built inside of you. So I guess if you want to call, if you want to give a title to this message, it would be the name of Jesus. Um, at the same time, I did have all those truths inside of me as I was growing up, but at the same time, I didn't quite get it until a year and a half ago, or a couple years ago. I didn't quite get what my salvation would do for me, other than I believe that I will go to heaven one day. I'm sure you've heard that once you accept Jesus into your heart, his power is inside of you, or the Holy Spirit is inside of you, or the Holy Spirit's power. But please don't look past that, because once you understand the power that you have, it will change your life. It will change your life. 
Watch how you look at a situation that comes up in your life that seems overwhelming or stressful or um, horrible. It will change. Maybe you deal with anxiety. I can tell you that I have. Or depression or feelings of insignificance. Maybe you feel that if you weren't here tonight, no one would really notice. But let me tell you that those are lies. And do you know where those lies come from? The enemy. Back in March, I went to um, a conference called Love is Red, which is Move Now, and you guys are going to be going soon. Um, I went with my SLI class at Faith Family Church in Ohio. Josh Panter spoke on the Saturday night to close off the conference. He's a pastor also in Ohio. And the message that he spoke on has been changing my life ever since. I haven't forgotten it. I've been working on remembering it every single day and building it into my life. He spoke on the authority that we've been given by God once we accept him into our lives. I just feel like it's such an important message to realize. I'm going to read a little blurb from the Bible. (laughs) Matthew 9, verse 35 to chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, Ask him to send more workers into his field. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Jesus gave his disciples authority. He gave them authority to cast out demons, to cast out anything that the enemy tries to use to to attack and to destroy lives. This is the authority that he's given me and that he's given you once we let him into our lives. And it's going to change our lives. Salvation, something I've learned is that salvation isn't just about going to heaven, although I'm sure that would be good enough just to be with God. But I've learned that salvation is so that while I'm here on earth, I can say no to the enemy. And I can say no to his, whatever attacks he tries to bring against me. I can command him out of my life. Do you know that the enemy's worst fear is the name of Jesus? Josh Panter said in his message, the enemy will keep me blinded and bound for as long as he can because he is afraid of the potential impacts that I would have if I only knew who I actually am and if I only knew what I actually possess. Once we realize what we possess, we can be unstoppable for God. There is no demon in hell who can stop me from doing what God has called me to do. We can use his power to command the enemy to go in that very moment, and he will. He has to go. Does this mean that bad won't happen in our lives? No. God says there will be difficulty. 
and attacks of the enemy. But the authority that he has given us will cause us to overcome. Once we realize the power inside of us, we can say no that day to the enemy in the name of Jesus, and he has to go that day. He has to leave us alone. I want you guys to know that since that message I've heard, I've still had many moments feeling anxious or sad or alone. But I have such a deeper connection with God. And I feel that he's proud of me. That when there's a moment that I feel overwhelmed, I can say, God, I know you're with me. I know you're helping me. And me go in the name of Jesus. And right when I say that, I feel this heaviness just lift off of me and and I just get rushed with the peace of God filling me. And then it's peace that allows me to be able to do what I have to do or to get through that day or whatever I'm anxious about, whatever that struggle is. I don't always remember to do this and I actually felt very anxious about speaking here tonight. But it's amazing how when you can't remember that in that moment, God will remind you through people in your life and through friends. So I was texting my good friend Ariel a few days ago, and we were talking about this a little bit. And she said, Emma, the more you say no to something due to anxiety, it's almost like giving it permission to own your life. That's all I needed to hear, and I knew I was called to do this tonight and share it with them, with you guys. Guys, the time is now to rise up and to know the authority that we have and to know who God says we are. God has given us an assignment to reach more people, but it starts with realizing for yourself the power that he's given inside of you and the power that you can use to say no to the enemy. I don't know how many of you have accepted Jesus in your heart, and I'm sure many of you have, but to the the ones who have, I just want to remind you guys of what what you have in you. You have that power inside of you, and you can use it with these situations, these anxiety, depression, anything facing you from the enemy that you know is not a thought from God. And to any of you who haven't accepted God in your lives, I want, I'm here to let you guys know what you can have. He's right there waiting for you. Greater is he living inside of me than he who is in this world. You know, I can't sing there is power in the name of Jesus without getting emotional. His power has changed my life. And I want it to change your life too. Next time you guys have feelings that aren't from God, thoughts clearly from the enemy, I am alone, I'm depressed, I can't do this, no one sees me, no one loves me, I'm not enough. I want you guys to say, no, enemy, leave in the name of Jesus, and he will go. 
We need to start to take action to this authority. So I'm going to ask you guys one question to sum this up. And it's, who are you letting write the story of your life? Are you letting the enemy control how you live every day? Your emotions, your thoughts, how you see a situation? Are you letting the enemy control that? Or are you going to let God narrate your life and control how you see situations with a new perspective, that you have the greater power over the enemy? Thank you. That's what I have. Thank you so much for sharing that, Emma, with us tonight. Um, I just wrote something down that she um, shared with us. Um, it was that God has given us this authority, and with that authority, we can, anything that the enemy uses to distract us or mess with our lives, that, that authority that he's given us, we can use to thwart that and get rid of that. I think that's really valuable, and so thank you for bringing that up. Um, really appreciate that. Another round of applause for Emma. That was amazing. All right, next up, we got a super close friend of mine, awesome leader. We are super stoked to have him speak tonight. Please give a round of applause for Mr. Judah Bondi. Hello. What's going on? Oh, I shouldn't ask a question. Okay, let me restart. Hi, I'm Judah. I'll just talk to you guys. How's that? So, yeah, if you, if you haven't met, I'm Judah. I'm 21, I think. 6'2". Um, I love music. I love skateboarding. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not 6'2". Um, but I wanted to share today about something that I've been, I've been realizing and learning about over the last few months, slash especially the last few weeks. It's been, it's been something that God's really put on my heart, but really it's essentially something that started taking root the last couple of years. So it's been something that's been in the works for a while. But I wanted to talk to you guys about joy and the joy of the Lord specifically. Because for me, I think joy is such an interesting topic because it's something that, you know, I've heard about all my life. Because I, I grew up in the church, you know, born and raised in this church all the way up through, you know, impact and, and became a leader and everything, which is super awesome. So joy is something that I heard a lot about through, throughout the years. But it's, it's also interesting because I also feel like it's something that I didn't really have to apply to my life for most my life, which is interesting. It's an interesting thing to say. So let me, let me explain myself a little bit. Because in my opinion, I think that there's a big difference between happiness and joy. Happiness a lot of times is, will come from your certain circumstance or situation or news you hear or something like, for example, when I'm watching the Raptors and they get 12 three-pointers, I'm like, that's free fries right there. You know, <laughs> that brings me happiness. I'm not going to lie. That brings me happiness. Or when I'm, I'm home alone as an introvert, 
That brings me happiness. <laughs> um, but, but joy is different because the difference, the difference, I think, with joy is that it can be present at all times. Um, even when a circumstance arrives that you weren't expecting and it doesn't necessarily bring you happiness, you can still have joy. So what, with that in mind, like I kind of said earlier, most of my life I haven't really needed to apply joy. Reason being because I never had really any like serious tribulation or, or anything, so to speak. And it's not like I didn't have hard times. Sure, I had some hard times, but not like, oh, wow, this is crazy, like, tribulation. But I think it's really healthy to start exercising joy now. Or for me, in that circumstance, I know it would have been healthy to exercise joy even when I hadn't had a tribulation, so to speak. What a weird word. But because, because that way, I would have been ready for when those do come. Because those are, those are going to come eventually. Whether, whether you like it or not, that's just, that's just the fact of life. So it literally says it in the Bible. But, and I know, and I, I know for me, like, even going back, like I'm going back, so two years ago, let's say, or half a year ago, that's, that's when I realized that I haven't really taken the chance to learn how to choose joy. And it's like, did I really go this long without practicing? And, and what's scary is that when then something came up and whatever, and it was a super tough situation. I remember just like the next day I was working I, and I texted one of my friends, actually Jonathan Brown, I texted him and I was just like, yo, dude, like my faith is at an all-time low. Like I don't know what's, like, what I'm going to do. So just be praying for me. That's it. And, and I literally just put on worship music. And I, I mean, I'm so grateful that I had people in my life to, one, that I could text in times of that. Because if, if I didn't have someone to text, like, I, I don't know, like, where I would be right now, where my faith would be. I just don't know where I'd be, essentially. But, but I'm also so grateful that I did have this foundation of, of growing up in the church and knowing that, in that time, I was able just to put on worship music for the next two days, and because like this, I was at the point where I didn't even have the, I didn't even have the mental power to like, to like go and do devotions or like read my Bible or study. I was just like, I was just like, I can't do that right now. Like, so all I could do is just like listen to worship music, not even like sing along, just listen to it, and just that's it. And and it's so interesting because that changed my perspective. But I guess why I'm sharing this is. It's because that's kind of scary for me, that it's like, that could have gone a totally different route. And I, I'm just so grateful that it didn't, but it totally could have, so easily, right? So that's why it would have been so important, and I th think so crucial if I was able to practice and like understand joy before I got into that circumstance. Man, I wasn't even planning to, sh to share that part, but you're welcome. It's kind of like it's kind of like having a test, um, like a, a math test. Okay, so it's like so pretend you know I'm in school. I have I'm in math class because I'm having a math test, and I have like I have the test coming up, and I know that I know that this this test is going to come, and there I am, and I know this test is going to come, and you know. I don't, I don't really study at all, whatever, and the day of the test comes, I'll tell you guys something. It is a lot harder to pass that math test if you have not, if you're not ready. Talking from experience, that is a fact. It is very hard. But 
But like, like that is, we know that tribulations are going to come, okay? We know that they're going to come, but it'll end up going a lot better if we're actually ready for when they come. And one of the ways to, like I was saying, be ready is through practicing and understanding joy. And I feel like a lot of times, kind of like I did, people don't really find out if they're living in the joy of the Lord until a, tribula- a tribulation comes up, and that's how they find out. Which, to me, seems like, it just seems like a dangerous game and a risk that is really unnecessary. <laughs> it's, it's, I, don't, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's necessary. You can start living in joy right now. There's, there's no need to wait. So, so I just wanted to touch on three things quick of just, of just things that have helped me of realizing how I can actually live in the joy of the Lord. And the first thing is through the, whole, the fruit of the Spirit. And I just wanted to touch on this one, this one briefly. Because if we, go, if we go through the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, Joy is obviously in there. And you may have heard this before, but the fruit of the Spirit is a result. Um, it's not something you work to attain, and that's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit, not the works <laughs> of the Spirit. Joy and the rest of the fruits of the Spirit, they, they are a result of having the Holy Spirit in you and choosing to actually pursue Him. And I'm going to move right into point two right now because it, it ties in really well with, with that first point, And it's for the joy of the Lord, abiding in Christ. Huge. And it's, this is something that Nathan Turner was talking about a few weeks ago, actually. He preached a message on all of this. And if you remember, he was talking about being connected to the vine and about how when you do that, fruit will naturally grow. And it, I think it can kind of be summarized, this whole thing in this one question, where it's, are you connected to the source of life? That's, that's essentially it. Are you choosing to abide in Jesus? That's the question. If you, like, if you aren't choosing to abide in Jesus, if you aren't connected to the source of life, I would just say, don't be surprised if you don't see the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's just how it is. So, but for some reason, so many Christians, they search for happiness. They search for it all over, when in reality, they have the joy of the Lord living inside of them. But, but they just don't spend the time to be connected with the source. I saw one quote on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. I think, it was from, I think it was from Elevation or Elevation Youth. And they said, joy is a focus before it's a feeling. And that really spoke to me. Because if you can learn to shift your focus on Jesus, joy is going to follow. Simple as that. And I, I just want to quickly, while we're here, touch on, on social media a little bit. Because I think it's, so, social media is great. I love it. I use it all the time. I use it for business. I use it for looking at memes at 3 a.m. It's probably not healthy. Don't do that, but I do it. Um, so I think it's great, but I also, I also do think that it's potentially one of the biggest killer of joy. And the reason for that is because a lot of times it takes so much of our focus. And not only that, but it also has the, the, the potential to shift our focus to, com- to comparing ourselves with a fake reality. And what I mean by that is that since people are usually posting, they're posting the highlights of their life, right? Which is, which is fine. It's just great. It's great to see, you know, stay connected with people. But it's so easy to be like, oh, man, I wish I was in their situation. Look at the, yeah, they're, they're hanging out with all their good friends, you know, this, you know, the whole weekend. Wow, that's awesome. I wish I had cool friends to hang out with. When in reality, it's like you actually don't know at all what they're struggling with and what they're going through. Because at that moment, 
they could be surrounded by people and feel more lonely than they ever have. It's, it, social media isn't like a good way to judge people or how you should be living your life, I think. Um, so that's why I, I feel like if, if your joy is being killed today and you just can't really like figure out why, maybe I would suggest, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. I know it's not the new year, but I'm going to suggest fasting a little bit. <laughs> Big brain. Big brain. So, because, because I feel like if, if you take that time to even just like say, yeah, I'm just going to, even, even if you just said, I'm going to do it less. So, you know, this week, I'm only going to spend, I'm only going to check my Instagram once in the morning and then once before bed for five minutes each, so 10 minutes a day for the whole week. And I'll spend a little, and I'll spend more time in prayer than I would have spent, like, on Instagram. I guarantee that's going to shift your perspective. So the third thing that I want to get into is learning to be content in every situation. And one simple way of doing this, super cliche, but it's, it's cliche because it's true, is count your blessings. Because, like I was saying before, joy is a focus, and if you focus, if you're always focusing on your circumstance and complaining all the time and be like, yo, this is the worst and this, I see that this is like, I hate this and this and this. I mean, again, don't be surprised if that's not bringing you joy. It's just, that's just, it's just not logical at that point. But, but if you learn to focus on what you've been blessed with in every situation, it's going to change your perspective, right? But at the same time, I'm not saying, you know, you know, some crap goes down and you can't, like, don't talk to anyone about it because that's complaining and that's, mm-mm-mm. But just be intentional about, about your intentions. Be honest with yourself. That's the biggest thing. Is I think a lot of people aren't actually honest with themselves about their motives or intentions. So one of the best people actually at doing this is, is a guy, you might know him, we're pretty close, me and him. That's not true. But I love his letters. His name is Paul. Um, he's, he's from the Bible. And in Philippians, whoa, I just went to Bible Gateway by accident. In Philippians, <laughs> Paul mentions joy many times. Like, I, I was going through it and just highlighting all the times he said joy. And that is a book of joy. <laughs> Even despite, most likely when he was writing this, he was locked up in a prison, <laughs> but he was still like focusing on joy and choosing to focus on that. So I'm going to read a little bit from Philippians 4, verse 11 to 13. And it says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound everywhere and in all things. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So there's, if you're, if you're wondering, there's the context for that verse, first of all. Because a lot of the times I feel like we can just take that and, yeah, yeah okay. It's, it's not biblical to take one verse of the Bible and shift it towards whatever you think you need, by the way. <laughs> but anyways, now that I said that, that's the context for the verse. Is that, it's Philippians 4.13, he's saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be content in every, every situation that I'm in. Not because I'm the source, but because, because Christ is the one who's actually strengthening me. And I feel like it makes no sense to me that, you know, that Paul 
was able to have joy in these circumstances. You know, he's just getting like, like whipped like a million times, shipwrecked, stoned. It's not a good time, but yet still he has joy. And I feel like that's amazing because I feel like Christian joy shouldn't really make sense, right? You can, you can, you can have joy when you shouldn't be able to. And that's, that's the reason. The reason is that because I'm not the source of my joy. My, the circumstance isn't the source of my joy. Christ is the source of my joy. And, and when, you, when you can realize that, that shifts the whole, that changes the game, <laughs> changes the whole game. So I just want everyone in here, before we move on, to close your eyes for a second. So everyone close your eyes. I'm going to get you guys to imagine a situation, okay? So I want you guys to imagine your ideal, you know, situation or dream or goal. So like maybe this is like, maybe it's you're super wealthy and never have to work a day in your life. Nice. <laughs> maybe it's you won the lottery. Maybe you're traveling the world is your job. That's your job. Maybe you're, maybe you're famous. Maybe you have just, you're living in the country, you know, with, with a family and you're just living life that way. Maybe you want to be a pastor. Imagine your ideal life. Okay. Now I want everyone to, everyone open your eyes. So, I'm about to throw, throw a little curveball at you. Um, no matter what situation you imagined, I bet you that there is someone living that situation that feels lonely, depressed, or without joy. Right? Because, and, and why is that? It's because it's not about the situation, it's about your perspective. But this is, so, to me, this is exciting. This is awesome news. This is so good. And you, this, the reason is, it's almost too good to be true. The reason is, it means that you don't have to wait until your ideal situation to have joy. You can have it right now, no matter what, and be content in the joy of the Lord. So, yeah, because I guess the other thing I want to say is that thinking about, like, thinking that you'll be happy or content when you hit a certain situation, I just feel like it's a dangerous game because what happens when you get there and realize that that only brings temporary happiness. And, and some people can walk that through healthy, in a healthy way and, and whatever, but a lot of the times I feel like that leaves people in a bad spot where it's like either, they, either it turns into a cycle where it's you get there and you're like, yo, this was my dream. Now I'm there. Now I should be happy. And you realize, oh, I'm not happy. Or maybe you are for a little bit and then realize that's not sustainable happiness. Okay. Well, okay. Here's my goal now. What if I go here? Okay, you get there. So it just, and then again, same thing. So it can turn into this kind of loop. Either that or like a lot of times it'll leave people in, in depression or if it gets really serious, sometimes like suicidal. Like, guys, this is actually like serious. <laughs> this, it can leave people in such a dangerous, dangerous place. But again, the good news is that it doesn't have to be the case. Is that, is that happiness well, let me phrase it this way. Happiness based on circumstance is temporary, but joy based on Christ is lasting. That's, that's what I'm saying summed up. And, and just to be clear, I'm not saying that these situations are inherently bad. That's not what I'm trying to say, is that these, these dreams and whatever that, yo, don't pursue them. Come on. Like, don't hear what I'm not saying. 
because there's, there's obviously, you know, great dreams and stuff. And like Nick was talking about, there's a difference between good dreams and God dreams. He was talking about that a few weeks ago. The problem is when that becomes the source of your joy. That's all I'm saying. Because if it becomes the source of your joy, you're in, you're in for a bumpy ride. <laughs> That's all I say. So if, if, I get, if, if you guys get one thing out of this, I just don't want you guys to feel discouraged. I want you guys to feel encouraged because the good news is that you can experience God's joy, the joy of the Lord today. And that just remember, just remember, focus. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. It's a focus. Choose to abide in Christ. Okay. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go back into some worship. Father God, I thank you for this night that we have to honor and worship and learn about you. I pray that as we uh, go back into worship that that you'll be speaking to our hearts. God, I just thank you for all the great leaders here that, that care about these, these students. And I pray that, pray that as we go into, um, go into our lives after, after tonight, God, that, that they'll know that we're, we're still here for them, here to pray for them, be with them, love them as you do. And I pray that, that you'll be speaking to everyone here tonight, God, that we'll, we'll be able to take take the joy of the Lord with us wherever we go. Also, I pray that we'll also come to the realization, as Emma was saying, that, that your name is power. And it can overcome any situation, any enemy that tries to stop what you're doing, God. So I thank you for this night that we have just to worship you. And I pray that we'll, we'll be intentional about, about pursuing you and loving you and loving others as well. Thank you, Jesus.